Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. This is episode 156. Uh, I'm not joined by Patrick this week. He's still uh, AWOL uh, after going to watch England win 7-0 the other night or whatever it was. Um, but we are joined by a voice that everyone heard throughout the draft process. It is Lee. Lee, mate, how are you doing? Hello, mate. Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Um, obviously, not AWOL, but uh, I don't think I would have got to <laughs> watch England, um, especially not Trafford as well. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for Patrick Sins, he lives in Manchester. He's not a United fan or Man United fan, but um, yeah, he often sometimes can go there. So we'll <laughs> let him off. But uh, he's a Blackburn fan, so he'll be a rival of us for next <laughs> next, yes. uh, next season. But um, yeah, how are you? Uh, how are you finding the off season? Have you got to the point where you're now ready, or are you still quite enjoying the the break? Because I know for no. us people that, that watch every game, pretty much it's. It can be quite a long season. It is a long season, but I think I'm getting to the point where now it is starting to be the sort of era where it's like, you know, all the other sports have really finished, you know. So it's kind of like, what's the, what's going to keep me busy? You know, I'm watching a bit of Ashes cricket, obviously, at the moment, like a lot of people will be. But yeah, obviously, you know, it's getting into scouting season, summer scouting's underway. And but aside from that, you know, it's just waiting for the actual games to start. And yeah, June, you know, going into July, it's dead period, isn't it? Waiting for training camp to start. You know, it does kind of, become this yeah. dead period that everyone kind of hates so yeah ready ready for it to start now again yeah same i'm getting a little bit eager for it as well although i'm already like slightly thinking about that first thursday night and i'm like oh god i wish <laughs> I kind of wish it was a sunday but uh, i'm happy for the <laughs> thursday night celebration but yeah it's definitely a dead period basketball we're both nba fans that's done mm-hmm. now got the draft for the nba on thursday so after that that slows down again and uh some people think cricket's a sport. Some people don't. So it's difficult <laughs> to know. Uh, it's difficult to know what we're doing. But I mean, um, to be fair, as well with the NBA draft, it'd be it'd be nice to have any picks to look forward to for <laughs> for my team. So I've got yeah, no interest I'm, in the draft this time round. Yeah, I've got a good pick for the first time in a long time. So um, I'm looking forward to it. But we'll see. Um, plan for today is going to go over a little bit of news. Uh, and then we're going to kind of wrap up the off season with our most and least improved teams. And then next episode, me and Patrick will be starting our division previews as we do very early out in the season to, to try and get a flavour of how we think some of these divisions are going to look. Um, let's go news first. And I think talk about maybe that dead period. Um, ironically, Netflix have got a documentary about quarterbacks. They decided, I thought it was going to be in June. They decided to release it on the 12th of July. And I laughed when I saw it because I was like, that is the week when nothing happens those two weeks in the NFL so they put it there um have you watched the trailer and uh are you going to watch the show what do you think I'll definitely be watching the show I've I've watched the trailer um and then yeah I'll definitely be watching the show I just love all these little sort of insights that we get you know especially in the summer you know I love like hard knocks and everything else that you get in you know and then a lot of the I don't know if the Chiefs do this but a lot of the teams now do like an in-house documentary throughout the season don't they as well and I just love it I just kind of hoover it all up so like you yeah. say, especially in the dead period, it's it's all welcome. But yeah, I just absolutely love all this stuff. And especially because, you know, it's good characters that are involved. It's not like, you know, sometimes, and I still watch it for, for the vast majority of the time, but you know, like a, a bit of a nothing team gets gets hard knocks or, you Cardinals. know, that, those sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say, but, um, you know, I, to be fair, they do a good in-house one. Their in-flight stuff is actually really good. I've seen clips of that and I watched um, one of their, series uh quite quite closely when they did it a couple of years ago it was you know i think one they were one of the first teams that kind of did this in-house stuff and it was quite good even yeah they were the team um so yeah no it, it's got good quarterbacks involved and yeah it should should be really good should be get, getting really nice insights to these players yeah i would love to know the thought process of how they pick those three and for anyone who listening who doesn't know it's uh patrick mahomes kirk cousins and 
Marcus Mariota because in the end it kind of was like a perfect three if you want to yeah, get so. like you want to get that top tier that kind of middle tier that everyone knows they're going to win us games can we win a Super Bowl question is constant and then you get the bottom tier of like uh, they're a bit of a journeyman um, but I am intrigued I want to see the whole Marcus Mariota did they show that he kind of went missing and then they said <laughs> that it was because his wife had a baby but then he never came back to training camp it was like yeah I'm interested to see that and uh they, the trailer features quite heavily on Kirk Cousins putting the chains on and dancing on the plane. So I think <laughs> I originally thought he's going to be quite boring and I actually quite like him as a player. Yeah, I think it was the complete opposite. I think he'll shock quite a lot of people. Because, yeah. Yeah, you know, we've kind of seen a few like Kirk Cousins kind of meme moments, you know, with the like, you know, you like that sort of thing. I think he's got that within yeah. him, even though, you know, he's very like clean cut, generally speaking. Yeah. I think he'll he surprise is. a lot of people. He's absolutely shredded as well. So I guarantee you, he's like <laughs> requested the shirtless. Uh, shots to be left in, even in the trailers too. And I was like, okay, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. Because um, Patrick Mahomes actually has got a team that actually works on the documentary, so I didn't know that. He's the only one that like his own people did it well. People that do documentary for the Chiefs rather than just uh, the Netflix crew. Um, so I'd be interested to see because he said he got first edit right out of everyone um, because he swore too much. Was his words? He said, "I can't see." Uh, People don't want to see like how much I curse because I'm quite. He said I'm quite polite or something off camera, uh, on camera, but on the field I'm awful. So he said I had to <laughs> veto a lot of a lot of clips, and I'm like, okay. And he said, but I still left some in there for you to see what I'm really like. So yeah, I'm quite excited for it. But it was ironic because the Chiefs documentary this year was quite short. All the episodes were like half the length, and it was like really weird. Like, oh, why are they doing it this way? But now it's kind of come out that. Half that team were working on this Netflix thing, so uh, that makes sense. It'll be cool for, for you guys, you know, as Chiefs fans, to kind of get you know, <laughs> sort of you know front row seats for your quarterback as well, and same for the obviously Vikings fans as well, and yeah, for Marcus Mariota fans as well. You know, all the teams <laughs> that he's, he's played for throughout his career. Yeah. yeah, I'll probably finish it in one day. Know me, um, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the trailer was good because the ending was very good. I like that, that little clip of when Mahomes threw that pass against Tampa. But we'll see. Hopefully they do a good job. It's either amazing or it can be a bit of a uh, bit wishy-washy, these these things. So I'm hoping for, for a good one. Um, other news then. So there's no real good transition from uh, Netflix. So we'll go on to the topic of gambling. It's in the NFL, it came out today that they've – yesterday, sorry, they've released some more guidelines – we're not going to go through all the players, but many players have been banned. Some for betting on their team, some for betting on the sport, some for betting on another sport in the facility. Um, we're kind of unique for this because gambling has been in our country for a long, long time. And it's mm. basically funds half our sports. Um, what are your views on, on the situation? Is it a case of it's just a teething problem with the brand new? Is the NFL kind of doing too much because everything's now sponsored by FanDuel? And then they've got all these rules they've never had before. Like, where do you sit? Is it an NFL problem or is it just, okay, first year, maybe in two, three years, this will, will never be a problem again? I think it's a sports-wide problem. You know, we've seen it recently in this country with obviously Ivan Tony being a massive, massive um, case in, in Premier League football. I think it's a problem with sports, with their gambling, kind of being their sponsorship in the main. You know, as you just mentioned, a lot of daily fantasy sports in, in American football. You've got like short sponsorships in the Premier League and league sponsorships in you know the EFL and things like that. And it's just I've got extremely young rich men with a, you know quite a lot of time on their hands. I don't know, it kind of pushes them down that path, doesn't it? They see it everywhere. As much as on the other hand they'll also see all the do not do this, you know, warnings, the meetings that all have, you know, that are behind the scenes with 
league officials and whatnot, and these you know, new rules, like you said just a minute ago. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a massive hypocrisy because yeah. you've got these these two things pushing against each other. So I, I think it's a massive sports problem. I think they they really need to sideline the, the cash is king, which you know in American sports is just not going to happen. And um, you know, and yeah. just kind of get more ethical partners. I would say, in my opinion, you know, I mean, I think the rules for other sports are maybe a bit overzealous. I can understand, obviously, you know, you shouldn't bet on NFL, you shouldn't bet on because you know you've got connections around the league, you've got insider information. It's not fair. It's not a fair playing field. But at the end of the day, like maybe they don't need to ban it for all the sports, but then does that kind of lead us into giving inch, take a mile territory for some people? And, you know, um, obviously they're going to have people they know in other sports as well, so it's still inside information, I guess. So it's tough, yeah. it's tough. But I, I would prefer it just to all go away because it causes a massive problem in society if, if in, you know, for a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's, just, it's just hypocrisy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree, especially in terms of... Also, it's a bit unique, really, with the situation because it's been so outlawed for so long in america and now it's yeah. so big all of a sudden you can just see why it's happening it's happening because it, the money was never there before and they can just go from zero to however many billion in seconds yeah. they're just trying to take advantage of everything in one hit before those gambling companies think well hang on are there other ways we other things we can do can we sponsor other sports but at the moment because it's so brand new in the nfl they're just like right we're going to sponsor every podcast we're going to sponsor the nfl actually itself the actual website has um, I don't know if it's FanDuel or not, but it's one of those type of companies. DraftKings, maybe. That's like the official company now uh, linked to the NFL like themselves, and it's just a little bit mm, convoluted, yeah. And there's someone, yeah. I, is it, I'm, even I'm a bit of a hypocrite because appearing on like a gambling podcast, talking about odds, which I love to do, but now like in my own life, maybe not probably going to gamble anymore, like in actual real life. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 for, for everyone, I think. It's such a like, big part of sport. Every time you hear anyone talking about a game, they'll talk about the odds or like in football, yeah. first goal scorer or anytime touchdown scorer. Um, and I do think the league needs to do a little bit more. The Premier League have given Ivan Tony quite a harsh suspension. Um, I know that NFL-wise, they play less games. So I guess percent of games missed is probably going to be similar. But I do think it's important to crack on it in the first year. And yesterday they... Uh, Said they went to teams and like released the new protocols. They're gonna have meetings with the teams. So I do think the NFL probably realised like uh, the fact so many people have done this now already. <laughs> we probably didn't do a good enough job. Whenever they explained it last year, they didn't do a good job. So hopefully they uh, they do a better job. I do think it's going to be harsh in terms of betting on other sports. I think it's only in the facility that you can't do it. So if you're at home, you think you can bet on the NBA if you're an NFL player. Um, but again, I would just implore those people just. What's the point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the NFL, it's not, like, yeah. It yeah, it's not like the NBA where you've got a whole like career outside of it and you've got 20 years of earnings, maybe 10 to mm -hmm. 15 if you're just a good player. In the NFL, if you're in there for three years, the average better loses more than they win. If you lose 30% mm -hmm. of your income just on gambling, then what's the point? And if you get banned, you miss game checks, so you lose money again from another method. So, yeah, I I'm kind of with you that the whole of sports leads it to look at it. And I think American sports, is they just have a need to have a fresh view because it's brand new to them and it just feels like they've gone a little bit OTT. But yeah. um, <laughs> one team that does actually now have a bookies in their stadium is the Commanders. Uh, they also now have, have a new owner now. Um, the ownership change, I think it's... I'm not quite official in terms of the vote. The final vote still got to happen, but obviously Dan Snyder is going to be leaving. Um, the new 
consortium is a bit of a group, but it's led by the guy who owns the 76ers, I believe, in the NBA. Right. Um, someone who has spent a lot of money on analytics, had some interest in tactics in terms of growing his team, but they spend a lot of money every year. So the commanders are going to have a lot more investment now than they've ever had before. And you just get to, to get rid of such an awful person. Um, do you think we could see a little bit of a kind of regrowth now for that team? Because in the 90s, they were probably one of the biggest teams in the world. That's exactly it, isn't it? You know, you, you as I know we're not Washington fans by any means, but you kind of hope so, don't you? Because they're a proud franchise. They've been really, really successful in the past. And, you know, having characters like Dan Schneider and a few of the other really bad owners that have been ousted recently, you know, in fairly recent memory, we just don't need them around the league. They're bad for the league. They're bad for the sport. They're just bad for people who work for those franchises. So having that person out is is just going to be net positive for the league. And like you say, introducing some new blood, we know how much of a boys' club, a men's club, the NFL ownership is, and having some new blood introduced into that, I think is a good thing. You know, we've seen, I think the most recent one is David Tepper, isn't it, at Carolina before this? So yeah. we've seen how he's tried to do things. He's tried to throw a bit of money around and it's made Carolina quite interested in the way they want to do things. And like you say, it seems like um, the new Washington group are going to be kind of similar in the way that they can use analytics, like you say, and, and try and throw the weight around again. So, yeah, it'll yeah. introduce some fresh blood, like I say, fresh ideas, um, fresh direction, potentially, you know, depending on how once they get embedded into that club and start, you know, introducing maybe new rules, new ideas, you know, or new suggestions for all, should I say, new ideas. It might be quite interesting, you know, especially because they, they've got some cross-ball um, knowledge and, you know, how they've kind of run things in different leagues as well. So, they might introduce some nice things as well. Yeah, and obviously the NBA is a bit different in terms of contract structures because it's fully guaranteed. But Yeah, which we're probably going to move to at some point or potentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in terms of the mechanisms of the trade, the draft, college scouting system, there's definitely some transferable skills there. It's not, I know David Tepper, he, I don't know if he's done a good job. <laughs> he's done an aggressive job. He seems yeah. to be turning it around. But like they'll have, a, I think, almost a head start because they'll have that like base of, right, okay, it's a different sport, but here's what we do in the NBA. Let's roll that out to this team, and then they'll st- slowly start to learn, okay, right, that maybe doesn't work here, that doesn't work there. So, yeah, I'd be excited. I think anyone over Schneider was great for the for the Commanders fans and for the team and for the city, but it does feel like the fans quite like this ownership group just because they've got a background in sport, which is nice. So, yeah, um, yeah should be good. Very, very good fan base. Um, be nice to actually see that stadium with some people coming back to it after all these years <laughs> of people boycotting it. Um, they've still got awful kind of jerseys, awful name, <laughs> awful quarterback, <laughs> but um, there's definitely things they could improve. And they've already kind of spent some money. I know it's not for them, but the way Dan Snyder did the bonuses for some of these new contracts, it'll be the new owners that have to pay them, not the not him. He very carefully structured it for them to <laughs> for when they were going to hit. So they've kind of committed to being like, yeah, whatever. We've got this roster. We've got a million pass rushers. Um, we're just going to pay them all. So, yeah, it, it should be good. That division is going to be interesting with talk about improved teams. Giants definitely added a lot of players. Eagles are great. Cowboys are great. And then mm-hmm. Commanders maybe in a year or two could be not great, but could be a very good team. So we'll see. be interesting to see how long Ron Rivera lasts because new owners tend to not stick with the old regime, do they? For, yeah, absolutely. For um, cool. Last bit of news then um, is is two players. Originally, I only told Lee one player, and then I realised running backs do kind of matter. So um, Dalvin <laughs> Cook and Jordan Hopkins have uh, been released since we last recorded. Um, Dalvin Cook obviously had the shoulder issue. Uh, actually played 15 games, I think, last year, but uh, has had shoulder surgery since. D Hop, huge cap hit. Cardinals 
definitely a team that are going to come up later. Um, they are in a full rebuild. Let's start with uh, Hopkins. Um, we're, we're maybe not even necessarily one team, but what sort of team do you think he's going to go with? Because he was talking about rings and quarterbacks mm-hmm. a month ago, and all of a sudden now there's, it seems to be all about the money. But um, what do you think where, where he's going to land? Well, it, it kind of has dwindled a little bit, hasn't it? Because as you kind of just said, he was calling out quarterbacks. You know, both of our quarterbacks, I think, were on the list, weren't they? They were, and yeah. Obviously, the Bills were mentioned as well, and Josh Allen, um, which obviously seems to have upset Stefan Diggs quite a lot as well, which is another little sidebar, isn't it? But anyway, um, <laughs> and then he's taking visits to the Titans, who are definitely going to come up a little bit later on as well for a bad reason. And, you know, like you say, he's now talking about from quarterbacks and the rings and things like that and all these exciting things to now, oh, I just want to get paid. You know, it's not looking like his market's very robust uh, because you would think, you know, if someone really believed in him still, you know, he's still a good receiver, don't get me wrong. You know, if someone really, really believed in DeAndre Hopkins, then he'd be signed by now and wouldn't be a free agent as of the 21st of June. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I don't know where he's going to land. Um, I'm not willing to make a bet on that. <laughs> um, even though I'm not in the you know, team facility or not. Um, I, I don't know. It's difficult to say because, like you say, there's obviously a reason why he's not been signed yet and why he's taking visits to lesser teams, let's say. But one thing that probably is for certain is wherever he does land, it makes them better because he's still a good receiver. He's not. I don't think he's the guy anymore like he was maybe three, four years ago. But yeah. he's still going to make the team better. And I hope it's not the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I think that could be the team, though. But... Um... I was yeah, here really as the team. Whenever good free agents or your big name free agents, at least, especially on offense, don't go to yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I know it's the easy thing to do, but don't do that, please. Yeah, I think it's just the timing. I, I kind of thought it wasn't going to happen at all, but it's the timing. There's obviously a report came out yesterday that he might not sign until just before training camp. Um, and it feels like the Chiefs and Chris Jones are going to get their extension done just before training camp. And then that'll free up like 10 to 15 million which seems like the right sort of range. Mm. But there's a lot of talk that the visit with the Patriots went really well, which mm. completely shocks me because of who their OC is. But <laughs> um, apparently it went really well. And there already was a report from maybe Jeremy Fowler, I think, that the structure of the contract basically there. Like if he wants to come to the Patriots, not the deal's done, but the deal that he wants can be done. Um, mm. And we saw that video on NFL kind of film, didn't we, that Bill Belichick saying that like, I think he called him the best. He said, like, you're the best receiver or something. <laughs> well, that's why you're the best receiver. And they were giving each other a lot of love. So maybe it is the Patriots, but it does feel like there's a little bit of Chiefs lurking. But I would I would also put, um, could a team like the Lions, they've got 40 million in cap space, mm. definitely need a receiver. Jameson Williams is one of the players that got banned for, for gambling issues. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where he's going to go, but I think it's probably going to be for less money than he thinks, but maybe more money than I think the general public have been feeling because the last few weeks it's felt like, oh, he's just going to go ring chasing. I don't think that's quite true. If he can land on a good team, great. But I think you're still going to be talking about $10 million, I think, I would say. Yeah, I think that's about right. Like you say, he's he's not going to get that huge, huge money because he's not that guy anymore. You know, I think yeah. landing on the Patriots would probably be quite good for him and for them. I think it'd be a nice marriage, to be honest with you. Obviously yeah. a familiar face, but OC. But uh, like I say, not going to be a, a ring for him next year, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, if he goes there. Um, I did find it interesting that they said that the Chiefs and Cardinals were quite close to a trade. And then Odell Beckham Jr. signed and that blew everything out of the water because they weren't willing to, to, to do that contract if the trade happened. So um, 
Yeah, I do find it interesting that maybe the Ravens kind of accidentally have uh, <laughs> the whole market for him, and now he's kind of scrambling because the Bills are similar. They freed up about ten million in space. All of a sudden, they've done that, and they're like, "Oh wow, we can't do it." And they've signed Leonard Floyd instead now. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think his issue is there's a lot of talk. He's not the best in the locker room, and yeah. he apparently does not practice because of his yeah. like yeah. his body. I just don't think some coaches are going to like that. I don't think Mike Vrabel maybe will care about that, but I think maybe you're kind of the Bills sort of teams, Eagles, like teams that are a bit more front-facing analytically won't want someone just to turn up on a Sunday and, yeah. and play. I just don't think that's for them. Um, the other player, obviously, Dalvin Cook. A bit of a strange one because I know he's a running back, but he's only 27. Last year was his healthiest year in four seasons, and that's the year he gets cut. Um, I think they saved something like $30 million in space. The Vikings did. Um, obviously, they got rid of Adam Thielen. Apparently, you know, Hunter is on the trade block. They yeah. traded Zadaria Smith. Competitive rebuild is what they're calling it. Um, Kirk Cousins <laughs> said that they're not going to give him a contract this season, like throughout the season. So that's that's not the plan either. So I don't really quite know where they're going because their team's better in some areas than you'd think, and then they're just letting all their best players go. But in terms of Dalvin Cook, what are you with his market? It's a bit hard, I think, for running backs because like, Saquon Barkley's not signing the tag. I don't think Josh Jacobs has signed the tag. Mm. I'm not sure how much money he's going to get or what sort of team's going to go for Dalvin Cook, to be honest. Yeah, running back's just super tough market, isn't it? You know, we saw even with a player at arguably his peak, Austin Eckler obviously went out to explore a trade. Didn't happen. The Chargers chucked him a couple of, of, of more million dollars. And, you know, he'll probably leave next year, but, you know, he wasn't able to find that number, you know. And, you know, you come in with another player, Dalvin Cook, who, like I say, is coming up a, a decent year. He's had some health issues in the past, but he's, again, he's going to find it really difficult to find that number because he wants to be paid too much, doesn't he, at the end of the day for, for what the league wants yeah. to offer him. And it's tough for these guys. Obviously, they put their bodies on the line. They're really important players and they're really exciting players as well. But the league is just, as a whole, just out on paying these guys. So it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. And like I say, the Vikings just going through, you know, I, I would say it's more of like a rebuild on the fly. I don't really care what they want to call it, but I think they really in their heart of hearts want to rebuild. And, you know, with the new GM and everything else, they want to kind of oust players like Adam Thielen and people like that who've had their day. But Aaron Rodgers just left the division and there's no better time to strike. So they kind of have to, like I say, rebuild on the fly, I would say, and keep as much... Of their talent as possible whilst you know balancing the books and kind of planning for the future but yeah Dalvin Cook I'm really not sure where he's going to land he's probably going to again kind of the same Hopkins conversation probably again he's probably going to have to go to a lesser team if he wants money or he's going to have to take a, a small deal uh, a contender who probably aren't going to play him as the running back one yeah I think that um the Dolphins tried to trade for him but then obviously their conversation wasn't right for the salary. And now they were kind of like, okay, well, we won't trade for him then. We'll wait for you to cut him because we know you're going to cut him. Mm. And he lives in Miami. So I think that feels like the fit. But if they were offering him the right money, it would have happened already. So they're clearly low, they clearly do not want to spend a lot of money on him. And they've and just got A-Chain as well, right? So with yeah. their like, first draft pick. So it kind of like, if you're going to start Dalvin Cook, then why did you do that? It's like the 49ers vibe as well in terms of, they don't want to spend loads of money on a running back. They want four of them. Do you know what I mean? Like they're happy mm. for a sixth rounder to be their best running back. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm not really sure where it goes for him. It's sad as well because I thought he's actually really good. Last season he was healthy, but the season before when he had that, he had I think he's five weeks injured, but he started that season incredibly well. I think he was leading mm. the league in touchdowns. Um, 
but yeah, he's just fallen off, and yeah, the running back position is a bit dead. Um, but I'm not sure that Alexander Mattison is as good as the Vikings think he is. Uh, he's won me some fantasy football games because <laughs> I just pick him up late in rounds because Dalvin Cook always gets hurt. But I read something earlier that out of, if you include the starting running backs now, so you say he's a starter, he's had the least amount of 20-yard runs out of any of the current starters in the NFL. <laughs> he's very much a, like, eight yards gonna have to just fall down now i've got no no burst yeah. <laughs> um yeah he's not gonna be a player that i'm gonna be uh targeting i don't think anymore in, uh, in fantasy but yeah we'll see where where d hop and dalvin cook goes and then there's quite a lot of interesting pass rushers um and some corners that are, that are available as well there's people that won't sign until a day before camp just so they don't have mm. to do any uh any off-season <laughs> work um cool let's recap the uh the off-season then we'll do uh, most improved and least improved teams. We'll go on a positive note. Some of those news stories were uh, slightly negative. So, uh, most improved team. Give me your first team. Who do you think's the uh, the leader in the clubhouse for most improved? So I don't know if this is in order per se, but one team that really sprung to mind with the changes that they've made is the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, starting off obviously they signed Lamar Jackson, which is always a good start. Get tie down your your quarterback after weeks and months of speculation of whether he's going to sign and probably lots of podcasts who did projected trades and started to think about the moving parts you know draft uh you know pre-draft trade and draft trade that sort of thing but to lock him down is fantastic for the ravens obviously no upheaval at quarterback for them and you know they pair that move move or you know, re-sign him with a brand new oc in todd munkham who will just bring a better more explosive passing attack to the Ravens in 2023, which is obviously a departure from what we've seen with the Ravens since Lamar became their QB. But if it clicks, you know, with the sort of vertical passing concepts that he's going to bring, you know, we've seen it in Tampa, we've seen it in the college level with Georgia. Um, you know, it'll, it'll unlock a new ceiling for both Lamar and the, the offense as a whole, I think. You know, going away from having to run it most of the time to unlocking Lamar, he's a good passer, you know, <laughs> you know, probably yeah, yeah. more so than what people give him credit for. Yeah, and then they they then doubled down with that and then paired that those moves with equipping him with some new pass catchers. You know, we just mentioned Odell Beckham. They don't have to rely on Duvin, Devin Duvernay anymore, <laughs> and they don't. You know, they 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 can go a little bit deeper. You know, they got Zay Flowers in the the first round. They signed Odell Beckham, and they're hoping obviously that Rashad Bateman stays healthy. And then pairing that with Mark Andrews and a reasonable offensive line still looks like the offense could be cooking, which is great for them, obviously. You yeah. know, and I don't love Odell Beckham at his age and given his injury history and how he's been out of the league for a year. Um, but you can't fault Baltimore's effort here, I don't think. And in the NF- N- uh, sorry, the AFC North, you've got to take some swings because you know the Bengals are there, they're gonna be there for a while. The Browns still decent and you know Mike Tomlin's still lurking around the division as well. And the Steelers are always going to be competitive. So I feel like maybe not the like I say the one that everyone would go for, but I also had to anticipate what you were going to do and not do. But the other side <laughs> of this is I just think all these moves kind of add up. And, you know, on the defense, is still quite good. They've lost a few players here and there. But, you know, like I say, if this really clicks, offensive football, unfortunately, is king at the moment. And passing attacks is king. So, you know, you can add all this in. And you've still got Lamar as the, the mobile quarterback that he is. And to add that into the run game aspect that they'll keep. So, yeah, I just love what the Ravens have done this, this offseason. Yeah, if Lamar's relatively healthy, then they're going to be a top five, six running team, regardless of what the scheme is, regardless exactly. of who the O-line is, regardless of who the running backs are. So, um, yeah, I think improving the pass attack is right. The OC, um, Black Tom's name now, the old OC. Um, oh, old, old OC. Uh... 
God, yeah, I'm doing the same. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'll Google it. But the uh, the old Ravens, old uh, OC, um, they used to play, obviously, fullback, um, fullback heavy offenses. So every single kind of formation was one receiver down before you even start. So mm-hmm. uh, Greg Roman, that's it. Yes. Greg Roman. Yes. Um, obviously, San Francisco 49ers with Kaepernick, wasn't he, before that? But mm-hmm. right. um, yeah, so for me, I think the offense is going to be way better. Um, the pass and tackle will be very good. Like I said, I think Lamar, middle of the field as well. One of the best middle of the field throws in the NFL. Outside the numbers is where he struggles. But a lot of that for the Ravens, he's like, he's already decided, right, am I going to pull the ball? Am I going to take the ball? Am I going to throw the ball? Is it an RPO? I'm um, looking at Andrews first. Now I'm on my outside. So I think some of that was more scheme than it was his ability. Um, and anyone listening to this podcast knows I irrationally love Odell Beckham Jr. And I <laughs> would have, I've got... That's, that's literally the first jersey uh, behind me as well as an Odell Beckham Rams Super Bowl jersey. Um, and, yeah, I love him. I'd have paid him that money, even though you shouldn't, but I still would have done it. <laughs> uh, and I think he's very similar modern day. Now he's lost a bit of speed to Bateman as well. So I think they're both injury prone, yes, but I think as long as you have one of them healthy, they're going to do a lot of the same stuff on that kind of isolated side of the formation uh, and then leaves a flowers to be inside outside flexibility on on the other side. So yeah, I like that. Um, Nelson Aguilar as well, not a great player, but I think it was cheap and very very quick. Something that's going to open up the middle of the field for Andrews, Odell, and, and Flowers. So yeah, um, I agree. I think they were very very good improved. Uh, they also got rid of Peters, who I really really like, but was slow down the stretch. And they got Rocky Sin, who I just can't believe has been bouncing around. The last year like he has because his first two years in the league he was he was very good so yeah they're definitely improved mm-hmm. um someone else i'll stick with the same division uh as well for, for my first team a team that i tried not to talk about last season because i despise everything they did who their what their owners did and who their quarterback <laughs> is but but uh, they decided to save money restructure said terrible quarterback um and have a lot of money so that is the cleveland browns they signed dalvin tomlinson definitely an overpay for me um for run stuffer but that is what they needed and he's going to fit perfectly next to to miles garrett so darius smith trade because the vikings are uh, are retooling they're doing whatever they're doing that the price for that trade i thought was really cheap um he's a really good pass rusher not very good on first down anymore to stop the run but You've got Miles Garrett, you've got Dalvin Thompson inside to, to stop the runs. You don't, you don't need Zedarius Smith to stop the run. So I think that was good. The Elijah Moore trade, I thought, was probably an underpay again. I thought that was clever. Mm-hmm. I love Cedric Tillman in the draft. Um, they kind of turned one of the worst wide receiver rooms for me in the league into a definitely a top half, definitely top six, seven at worst, probably in the AFC. Um, so, yeah, I think Cleveland Browns had a real good offseason. Um, obviously, their whole success is going to ride on if the quarterback can play better than he did last year. But because I don't care about the quarterback, the rest of the <laughs> roster looked quite good. Um, and I, I agree with you, the AFC North's tough, right? So it just feels like if you spend all that money on a quarterback and then you don't do much else, you're probably going to waste all that money, all the negative press, all the issues you've had, all the fans that now have left the team. That'll all be for nothing if you don't make the rest of the roster good. Um, and it feels like the owners mm. have just been like, right, this is it now. We have to go all in because I don't know if you've seen his contract, but Watson's contract next year and the year after, cap hit-wise, is awful. So it does feel like this yeah. is their all-in year, and I think their team's good. Yeah, I think, like you said, I think they've upgraded the potential weaknesses of, of their uh, team. You know, the wide receiver room has, has got better. Like you say, that yeah. Elijah Moore trade is looking better and better by the day. 
Uh, Tillman, I completely agree. And then obviously like the run front was was something that needed a massive, massive upgrade because you could just run through these guys so easily. But the strengths are still the strengths. And the defensive line is still good. Um, you know, they've still got Nick Chubb, they've still got a good running game, um, and they will be will be good on offense, you know, no matter what. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson probably, like you say, should shouldn't be spoken about too much, but he's probably still gonna be better than what he was last year because last year was a lot of rust and you know, he's going to yeah. be up, and up, up to speed with what the Browns want to do. And I feel like, yeah, they've, they've got a good team. And they are, like I say, going to be a part of a really competitive division. And, and yeah, they've had a nice off-season. Yeah, AFC as well. It's just like, if, you, if you're kind it's of half off. in, you're half in, you're all in, aren't you? Because what's the point? Yeah. You're not going to yeah. win it if you're, if you're half in. Um, and I should have mentioned as well, they've obviously got um, Schwartz now as the uh, DC. Um, yeah. Someone who um, I don't love, actually, but compared to Flores, who they also interviewed, but... He has a good history of uh, the defense is always going to be league average, like at worst. And I know that doesn't sound great, but the way so the Browns defense have played, yeah, the last two years. Bear in mind their players are actually quite good, but their scheme—it was just co- constant coverage bust. And then, like you said, they had no one that could stop the run, so you just get them beat on both ends. But um, yeah, it's been a good off season for them. I'm interested to see how they go. I think a lot of people are going to pick them to to maybe not win the division, but to. to to, to probably get in the playoffs, but we'll see. Who's your uh, your second team? So um, my second team is, is one that um, I think we sw- we talked about in our draft uh, coverage. I think, and we're probably probably a team that a lot of people talked about at the moment. I think the Lions, as much as we were quite critical of their draft in some senses, I feel like the vibes were pretty immaculate until these uh, betting bans came down, and I think. They almost feel like everyone's second favorite team at the moment. You know, they've got a look of an up-and-coming team, a team that were obviously down in the mud for obviously a very, very long time. Ben Johnson seems to be lined up as the next best thing in terms of an offensive coordinator and will probably be in the hot names of the next head coaching cycle. And, you know, everyone seems to love Dan Campbell, you know, and they, they obviously got like the the press last year with with hard knocks and um kind of the good vibes that came with it. And I think they've carried that on. And in Another division, like we've talked about earlier, where things are changing. You know, Aaron Rodgers has left, the Vikings are doing whatever they're doing. And as much as the Bears had a good draft, and I think we talked about them, you know, a few weeks ago when we were doing our draft stuff, I feel like they're having a good off-season as well and almost made it into my list. But they're not quite yet yet there, are they? They're, you know, a year or two away. I just think, you know, you look down their roster with what they've done, as much as, like I say, we were a bit critical of their draft. They've still got in good players. They're just in the wrong order. The roster just looks really super solid throughout. Like I think you go through all of their position group by position group, and as much as it's missing that little bit of magic dust and that real exciting superstar or two, I just feel like they're, they're really solid. I think they're set up for a really good year. Like you say, the, the head coaching, uh, the, sorry, the head coach seems to be going places as well, and is really just truly turned into like the emotional leader for that franchise. Maybe too much in some cases with his team <laughs> podium after games, but. I just feel like they've got a couple of things going for them. If their young stars take a leap forward, you know, I'm thinking your guy Sam Laporta for one, Aiden Hutchinson, I'm on the same brown, running back to Matt said, kind of, you know, Jameer Gibbs, if he just really hits the ground running, then they yeah. could win a lot of football games this year. And then on defence, I feel like there's a good precedent being set by someone like the Bengals in recent times of just building a veteran, say, a veteran secondary. You know, with the moves that they made with Emmanuel Mosley, CJ Gardner-Johnson, Cam Sutton all coming in on that secondary, I feel like it just solidifies them on the back end as well. And like they just solidifies their whole roster. And I just think that if 
things go right, they could win the, the NFC North. Which is yeah, a long way from what we were talking about you know, a few years ago with them, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't know what the odds are now either, but they're probably favourite, I guess. They um, probably are, yeah. Yeah, they probably are now, which is absolutely nuts to say after all these years. But yeah, no, great off-season for them. Uh, even Brian Branch and to secondary, I know he's a rookie, but very experienced player in college, kind of has that. One of the knocks yeah. on him was maybe he's a little bit more cerebral and maybe not quite the athlete you'd want. But in terms of reading the game, kind of scheme, how he fits with CJ Gardner-Johnson, basically a perfect fit, really. So um, <laughs> yeah, Sam Laporte, I'm never going to shy away from praise. Uh, even Hendon Hooker, Look, in that round, I don't hate that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't hate that. If Jared Goff ever gets injured, I feel like he could play and play similar level. So, um, yeah, uh, but maybe not similar level. I've kind of shot Jared Goff there in the foot there. But <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough of a level for you to... to... He, could win, he could win a game or two in a pinch, you know, if he gets like a little run in the team. Yeah, especially if it's late in the season after he's kind of recovered health-wise. But yeah, no, yeah. good off-season for them. I think keeping the OC was... One of the bigger things, uh, and obviously the NFL believes in them because they pit them to open the seasons, which is nuts, really. <laughs> yeah. you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought that four years ago, That's you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Before that Stafford trade and kind of everything restarted. Um, so yeah, no, they are they're definitely one of the most improved teams, winners of the off season. And Jared Goff is always a winner of the off season if you watch his Instagram with his uh, better half. So um, <laughs> anyone listening, we constantly mention that on the pod. Uh, we mentioned Jared Goff's partner and. The fact that Patrick despises Dan Campbell, so um, okay. <laughs> the, the Lions are uh, a favourite for uh, for this one. Um, my next team, so I was debating the Bears, to be fair. Um, they were on my honourable mentions, as were um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, one of the ones I wanted to mention, which I didn't think I would say, um, is the Houston Texans, just because I honestly thought last year's roster was one of the worst. So are they as good as the Steelers? No. But have they improved more from one of the worst rosters I've seen in the last four or five seasons to what they could be next year. I think they have. Um, the trade yeah. in the draft was terrible for me in terms of the future. But in terms of this roster for this season, it's much, much better. Obviously, Will Anderson, I don't know if he's going to be one of the best pass rushers, but one of the best rookie pass rushers in a long time. I really love CJ Stroud. I think he can be a very good star. Single, Devin Singletree is a very good running back too. Um, I like Tank, Tank Dell in the process for what they need. Dalton Schultz, they only paid $9 million for him. That's not bad for, for kind of a tight end of how good he played last season. Shaq Mason, bit of an overpay, but he's a good right guard. Their offensive line's good. Um, and then, yeah, similar to, to what you said about the Lions adding veterans, I think Sheldon Rankins, Jimmy Ward, rather than adding players that are normally the third player in a roster, like they did the year before and make them start, they've added players that have started in the league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um so I think overall it's important because I just don't think they could keep doing this. We're going to be awful. Yes, are they going to win 10 games? No, but I just think they'll be competitive in more games than that we've seen in the last two years. So, yeah, I think the Texans earned a shout to be uh, one of the more improved teams. Yeah, I, I, I really liked what they did this offseason as well. I'm a little bit higher on the trade scenario that they kind of cooked up in the draft and because I feel like they've got the fallback of still having a first-round pick next year. I think it would have looked super bizarre and quite a lot of, quite a big gamble um, to kind of go back-to-back in first-round picks and not have one next year. But yeah, I think that kind of saved it for me. And do you know what? Like I say, I think you hit it on the head. They're not going to win 10 games. They might win six or seven, but they've got like the makings of like a good roster. I think I said this um, post-draft, might have been with yourself, that... With their free agents, they seem to have like thrown a lot of mud at the wall and seen going to see what sticks. 
yeah. which will, will kind of give them a bit of a skeleton to work with next year, especially alongside all these draft picks that they've just kind of they've made and obviously want to integrate over the next few years. I obviously talk about and believe in a lot of the lines, want the lines to be good, want to build through the lines. Their offensive line is like pretty good. Like considering good. how bad their team is, they're, they're, they've got like an overpowered offensive line for a team that bad. So that will keep them in games. It'll make Stroud's sort of development curve a little bit easier as well. And, yeah. you know, they've got some good players, you know, and that, I really like their secondary as well, to be honest with you. So actually really optimistic for the Texans, which is weird because I think they'll probably win about six games, but as optimistic as you can be for a team that might win six games. Yeah, well, I also just like the fact it feels like they picked a, picked a coach. Like, do I know enough about him as a head coach? Obviously not. He's never done it before. But mm. everything you hear from people that know more than than me, people that live around the league in America, they say he's one of the best minds from a, from a defensive perspective. Yeah. Obviously, studying the analytics, his teams were always up there in every defensive metric. I know he always had good teams, but uh, good players. But he also developed those players that were like, I don't know, pass rusher four or five, and then they go to other teams like the Chiefs, for example, their their starting pass rusher is going to be that team's fourth pass rusher from the year before. So, mm. like they, he's always developed players, especially from from that perspective. So, um, yeah, I, I think even just finding a head coach, do we know it's going to work? We don't, but they've just got that vision now. Rather than like, well, we're just going to one year retread it. We're going to suck and do it all again. Like at some point, you have to move to that next stage, and it just feels like they've uh, yeah. they've done that now. Um, who's your third and uh, final team for most improved? So, this, if anyone who listened to us uh, post-draft, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I criticize <laughs> his team. But as a whole, I feel like I've got a lot of respect for what they're doing. <laughs> I don't love what they're doing. You might even know who I'm talking about. It's the Falcons. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so, I obviously criticize them for the way they're team building. But they seem like a team who have chosen a path for themselves. They've laid it out and they are following it. And I respect that. You know, I, I know I've appeared on this pod, a couple of other pods, like criticizing the draft, but I respect the fact that they're going to build the way they build. I think it'll all come crumbling down because I feel like it's built on sand, but it's going to be exciting, right? Everyone's excited to watch this this team with, yeah. with all the skill, young skill position players that they've drafted really high. They're giving Desmond Ridder the best chance possible. If it hits, they're going to look like geniuses, as much as, like I said, I don't think it will, but... They're doing it, which I really, I really respect it because everyone was saying pre-draft, weren't they? Yeah, they, they should take Beach on. If it was Madden, I'd take Beach on. I did, and they did it, you know. And it's great. I like the chaos around it, which is brilliant. I feel like free agency. I think they concentrated on bringing in some veterans on D, you know, especially spent big on Jesse Bates, bringing in Calais Campbell, who like isn't the player that he was in Jacksonville or Baltimore, but will give them some veteran leadership and will instill that into the Falcons in their young players and. Like even making like moves like keeping Caleb McGarry, who isn't great, but for them he's going to be good because he's a good run blocker and they're going to run the shit out of the ball. With BJ. <laughs> and that is good because that's going to place his strength. And it just stops him having to go out and buy, sorry, buy, sign another right tackle, you know. And that is an expensive market as your team yeah. has, has proven <laughs> over this offseason. You know, and you just don't want to have to do that. You know, if you can keep your fine right tackle who's going to be good in your scheme, then just do it. Do you know what I mean? So I think for them, what they want to do, they are having a good off-season. That's how I'm going to qualify it to make myself not sound like a hypocrite. I don't think it's going to work, but I respect it, like I say. 
hey, the Chiefs only signed left tackles. It's just one of them happened <laughs> to be one of them happened to be a right tackle all his life and is now going to play right tackle <laughs> after one month of training at left tackle. So I don't know what you're talking about, but um, yeah, no, I agree. I also it's it's difficult because the Joe Tooney thing. I, I love him as a player, so I'm a bit biased now. But old me would have said, "Don't pay guards massive money." But um, Chris Lindstrom, I think if you are going to commit to, I don't know what round they drafted um, Desmond Ritter in second or third, but if you are going to commit to him at that contract, like, and you're going to have Bijan, like a right guard who I think is, I don't know if he's the best right guard, but he's top three right guards in the NFL for me. I think he was first uh, team All Pro last year, so yeah, he was. Yeah, um, he's now the highest paid right guard as well. Um, I just think that makes perfect sense for for this team. Does that make sense for the this optimal <laughs> the optimal thing? Maybe not, but he's also very good. At least he's very good. Like, there's a bit of an argument, isn't there, about McGarry? Like, is he very good? But he's just very good at run blocking, <laughs> which, yeah. like you said, is perfect. And yeah, and I agree. I think the vets make a lot of sense. Uh, I think David Omiyamato is a is a pretty sneaky signing. I, I was surprised he went there from the Saints because he's a little bit younger than some of these other guys. But um, he had a good season last season. Uh, and also they've got the ghost of Bud Dupree, which we'll see where that, where that, where that leads to. Um, and Jeff Okuda as well. That's a clever move. Do you know he what I mean? Is. Like, has he been good? Works. No. Yeah, but, yeah, but was he amazing in college? Yeah, I loved him in college. I thought he was sick. But um, yeah, I, they're, they're fun. Uh, and I actually do think that Arthur Smith's a good head coach, but um, he's definitely a good scheme designer for offense. Uh, this, is this offense going to be optimal? No. But will he design the best version? Probably, yeah. Probably apart from maybe... Shanahan and Reed, McVeigh, like he's probably right up there in terms of like designing a scheme. Is it the most efficient offense? No, because he's going to run it too much for for the <laughs> stats. But he, he'll design the best version of it, and then every so often they'll hit a massive play action shot, like he did with uh, the Titans. I still want to see that uh, that Tannehill trade mid season or something. You know, just reunite him and uh, have Titans two point over. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know if they'd have made my list. Uh, and it is quite funny that you hated their draft and then uh, now they're on your list. But, uh, yeah. Matthew Bergeron, I think we both like that pick as well. That's yes, another that's, that's another yeah. player who can who can block the run as well. So um yeah, we'll see. Uh, have you managed to pick up um Bijan in any fantasy drafts yet or not? No, no, I've not I've not been drafting high enough. So no, no not yet. Three <laughs> three was my highest. And uh, they wanted, they wanted. I might have even been Mahomes. It was either Mahomes or Burrow. I can't remember which QB, but <laughs> they wanted that in the in the trade from three to one. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't get it done. I couldn't get it done. But um, yeah, he's gone one in every single rookie draft yeah. that I've done, and I've done like too many to count. So <laughs> um, cool. Uh, next team, then it's a bit obvious, really. I've kind of gone with the low hanging fruit here. Uh, a team that I've not had a quarterback. I don't think since I've been alive. It's felt like um, they now arguably have one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Is he as good as he used to be? We're not sure yet, but uh, I've gone with the Jets mm-hmm. and Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Uh, anytime you go from Zach Wilson, who unfortunately I've loved, and now he's probably my <laughs> biggest bust ever in draft coverage, maybe now. Um, you're going from that to Rodgers, I think it's just such a big upgrade. Uh, I think McCall Hardman's a good move for 1.5 million. Alan Lazard, I don't even think that's a buddy-buddy thing. I do think he fits the idea of what they want that offense to be. Randall Cobb signing is obviously a joke, but um, <laughs> they traded for Chuck Clark. Chuck Clark gets injured, and then they sign Adrian Amos. Do you know what I mean? Like For me, mm. they're doing all the right things. Are they in yeah. win-now mode? Yeah, they've signed a 40-year-old <laughs> yeah. quarterback. Like Every move they do now is win-now, but um, I just think the defense has definitely got better. The offense hasn't just got better from the quarterback position. It's got better from the wide receiver position. So, 
Um, yeah, I think it was a great, great off season for them. Is it going to work? We'll see. I think if he plays two seasons for the Jets, then it's going to be a relative success for them. All they they can't have is the whole one year retire and then obviously give up that first round of next year if he plays enough games. Then it's been a disaster of a trade. Mm-hmm. But for this season, um, yeah, I had to pick Aaron Rodgers. And he's also gone to two Taylor Swift concerts back-to-back. He's gone to four Knicks games in the playoffs and sat courtside. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a true New Yorker now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the season brings for, for Rodgers. I, this is Jets were on my honorable mention list. I did have them in my list and then moved them for the Falcons. Um, because I thought it'd be funny, and also I, you know, I do like what they're doing. But you're right, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, isn't it? You know, they they kind of wanted this, they got it, so therefore they've executed the biggest trade of the off season. So it's going to be a win, right? You know, they've got to have a good off season in their minds. And like you say, he's a pretty, it's in a pretty good position. You know, like you say, he's made some moves that's definitely like you know making it kind of Green Bay East Coast, but like. It all makes sense. You know, he wants receivers that he knows how to throw to. He wants chemistry immediately. You know, like you say, he hasn't got time on his hands to mess about for three seasons while they figure it out. Garrett Wilson is probably the best receiver he's had since Devontae Adams as well. So that obviously is a, a massive upgrade and a massive, uh, you know, potential partnership that could bear a lot of fruit. Brees Hall, Michael Carter running back. Like, if the offensive line is fine. And that's, that's all it needs to be fine, I guess. You know, I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't move around as much as he used to, but... Just needs to give him a few seconds in the pocket every time, right? Because he's that good still. Um, and the yeah. defense looks good. The defense looks fun. Obviously, Chuck Clark getting injured was was a blow, but AJ Amos comes over, it's fine. Um, and they've got enough, you know, talent up front. And the secondary, you know, sort of got a source gardener, so you've got to have to build lockdown. So it's absolutely fine. Uh, yeah, I, I like what the Jets have done. And it's um, going to be a super competitive division with the the Bills and the Dolphins. So. Uh, that's going to limit things and the, the offensive line is what it hinges on but yeah good offseason all around they did what they want to do they've got better and it's going to be fun it's going to be fun to watch them what you don't yeah, want so is drama you... as well yeah which is Roger's kind of history for what 10 years maybe yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no it's, an, it's, it's a good offseason for them the defensive line is probably the deepest in the league it feels like but um, yeah we'll see what happens with, with how long he stays there but I think they're a team that could maybe add one more Offensive lineman, whether that be trade deadline, whether that be a vet that's floating around now, we'll have to see. Oh, but they could do it a little more, potentially. Yeah, there'll, there'll be a few. Yeah, some salary cap stuff, maybe. Um, but yeah, let's go to least improved. Um, and I'll kick it off with an easy win because the links from that. Uh, I did pick the Green Bay Packers, unfortunately. Um, it's just the opposite scenario of losing a quarterback that, hmm. regardless of the playoff success, regardless of some of the off-field rubbish. Um, yeah, incredibly successful. And even in the last, I know last year he wasn't great, but winning games, win percentage since he's been with LeFleur was incredible. Two MVPs. To go from that to Jordan Love, who I do believe in, is still such a downgrade that it's hard. I like their draft. I thought their draft was was pretty good. Not sure about Van Ness at that spot compared to what was on the board, but I still think overall it's a good draft. But it's just a drop-off at QB. Um, obviously, they haven't really replaced veteran-wise the wide receiver room. Um, either, which I'm a little bit worried about. Um, and I believe they kept the same DC who was not good last season. So Yes, they um, did, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just not sure about, about where they're going. Even though I did like their draft, I just don't think it'll make much difference to, to this year. Um, and I've also seen uh, that tweet going around that someone said, uh, <laughs> Jordan Love's floor is Justin Fields, which I think you've not seen Jordan Love run, if you think he's quite 
floor level athlete of that and mm. his ceiling is a slightly better patrick mahomes that was the tweet that was going around so right um, so yeah we'll see I'm, I'm i maybe i should put my mvp bets on now but uh yeah i'm just not sure what, what's gonna happen the offensive line's old a lot of rumors about Bakhtiari trade stuff he said he doesn't want to get traded is that gonna happen if they're 0 5 they, they just bite the bullet we'll see but yeah i, I, I kind of want to brush over the packers just because it was an obvious one really after talking about rogers yeah, and you know, I mean, we'll get the the joke about them drafting Sean Clifford in there as well. So that means they're <laughs> an end, instant loser. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying. Really, it's it's tough to to go from to go from Aaron Rodgers to John Love and untried and tested QB that's been in the league for three years. And that tweet as well is absolutely bizarre. So he's anything between one of the worst quarterbacks in the league last year to the best. Cool. Yeah, but also like <laughs> in the floor is field though. Who like can run so much that even if he can't pass, he's still gonna get you See, enough yeah, offense yeah. to move the ball. Whereas Jordan Love can't even run that much. Like he's okay athlete, isn't he? But he's not. Yeah, but he's not. A mo- I wouldn't cast him as like a mobile quarterback no, who's no, gonna like yeah. gash you with his legs, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been the same sort of bucket as like Justin Herbert. You know, like wants to pass first, but can run for the odd first down. And I'd say Herbert's like a miles better athlete as well. Yeah, Herbert could, run, Herbert could run more, but I can't turn this into a uh, a Chargers Blue Powder uh, podcast. But yeah, Herbert could uh, <laughs> Herbert could run even more, to be fair. But yeah, we'll see how we'll see how good Love is. Um, the offensive line, if they're healthy, is good enough right now as well to to give them a bit of time to develop. But um, yeah, even the but extension like said, was like weird. The that extension they did with Jordan Love, even that was odd. Like declining his option, the whole option thing, to then extend him for a year. He agreed to that, even though he got less money. Because he got less up front, and that's almost like telling the story of like, it's like, probably not going to work out here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even that is a weird way to start the relationship. So, yeah, I'm just not sure about the Packers. Yeah, the offensive weapons, like you say, it's like they're all first and second year guys. So we're waiting for someone to explode and become a guy. Because even at tight end, they don't even have like a veteran tight end that you can chuck it to over the middle. You know, they're, they're rookies, so it's a lot of what ifs, isn't it, with, with the Packers at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's the Titans in Chicago, I think, as well. So no good to play here. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go to, to to yours then. Uh, I know we're going to have two teams that are definitely the same, but who's your first team that uh, at least improved? So this, for being my first one, this is the worst, I would say, and it's the Raiders <laughs> one that will one that will enjoy. Ooh. Is this one that you had? Yeah, they were no, on the list. They, they weren't the worst. They weren't in the worst. Okay. okay. Though, so. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I wonder who you have uh, below them then. So. Uh, yeah, putting their faith in you know paying Jimmy G and his dodgy foot to thrive outside Kyle Shanahan's offensive system is just the gamble that of you know that you just don't want to make, isn't it? You know, even though he's going back to the bosom of Josh McDaniels, like he was in New England, so there is that relationship there. Man, that's a downgrade, right? Like the best offensive coordinator in the league. I know you might argue with that with Andy Reid, but yeah, to Josh McDaniels, who's just I don't know, just doesn't know what he's doing, does he? But and I know that Derek Carr doesn't get like a ton of love. But I actually think he's quite good. And that's just a huge downgrade, I think, for Vegas to take in an absolute beast of a division that you just can't, like, you can't even stand still in the AFC West. You know, you go backwards if you stand still. Elsewhere, I feel like their biggest move on offense, probably their biggest move overall, apart from Jimmy Garoppolo, was signing Jericobi Myers, a receiver whose best work comes in the slot when they already had Hunter Renfro who's one of the best receivers in the slot in the league. So it kind of doesn't make any sense. You know, I know it's a different style. It's like, you know, power slot versus a little shifty guy, but it's a puzzling move for my money out. You know, I just don't get it. 
Um, outside of that, I don't really think they've progressed their roster outside their first draft picks, which I think we liked, you know, um, Tyree Wilson and uh, Michael Mayer. Yeah. But they lost a massive weapon on their offense in Darren Wall. And you can see where I'm going here. It's always like one step forward, two steps back in pretty much everything that they've done. And, you know, Denver's going to gain competence, at least with John Payton. And then you've got a contender and a half in the Chiefs and the Chargers in the division. <laughs> Um, so it's difficult to see anything but them finishing fourth in the division and another top ten yeah. pick. So what? I, I don't know. They might as well not bothered. In my opinion. Yeah, it's a weird one. They feel like I was in a weird position as well. They got the Super Bowl this year, so can we get a nice Chiefs Super Bowl appearance, please, in uh, <laughs> the Raiders Stadium? That'd be nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. In a vacuum, it's like, okay, what's this off season? It's like great. We signed Austin Hooper. Then we signed OJ Howard. Then we drafted Michael yeah. Meyer. It's just like, okay, we've replaced one tight end with three. Do you know what I mean? It just feels like none of their – they're all panicking after well, – the one move they've just made leads to a panic about the next. Because the minute they signed Jacoby Myers, you heard the rumours of Hunter Renfro trades. I know it hasn't happened yet. Will it happen? We'll wait and see. But it just feels like a panic move every time. Brian Hoyer as well. Let's sign him after the foot thing because he knows the New England offence. <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a strange position. I probably, probably, I didn't have them even in my bottom five, but I, yeah, you are probably right, oh. actually, that I should have had them a little bit lower. Um, maybe I'm a bit higher on healthy Jimmy G than you are, but um, does healthy Jimmy G exist? Or is I think just... it's like, yeah, well, that's that's one thing, and then I don't know, I think because I love Kyle Shanahan that much, I just think he True. kind of makes every quarterback that and like. We're living outside that bubble. It's just so difficult. I feel, yeah. especially when you're not yeah. like a great quarterback in your own right. No. You know, and I think division wise, like you said, it's just a nightmare. And the Devontae Adams stuff. He was clearly unhappy with with the way the team's going. I know they can't trade him. Now, <laughs> yeah, I know they can't trade him really financially, and obviously just like reputationally, and for him, it's a bit embarrassing. But hmm. I, I sneakily at the trade deadline, if they they've only won two or three games, I'd just pick up the phone and be like. Give me two seconds for Devontae Adams because when am I going to be good? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When, when, when am I ever going to be good again now from the Raiders? Because it feels like they'll still win enough games to not have a top five pick, I would say. Mm. Maybe a top 10 pick. A top 10, I would say. Yeah. But then I guess you could just mortgage the next three drafts, couldn't you? And get up to, I don't know if you could get to number one this year, but you probably get to number two and, and draft rate may. But yeah, I'm not sure what the Raiders are doing. I'll spend all that money as well to, to move to, to Vegas. But. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I was probably high, I was a bit higher on them, than that. although their uh, their offensive line and secondary is just a joke. So exactly, but, yeah. Uh, I do think they're going to give up a lot of points, and uh, yeah, the Broncos have definitely gotten better, so they're, they're probably going to finish bomb. Um, now, for me, least improved, there was only one winner, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they have lost their best receiver by cutting him. Uh, and getting nothing for him, even though the rumours were they got offered like fifth-round picks, and they decided just to cut him. Um, they've lost J.J. Watt, Zach Allen. I don't think they've replaced them. Byron Murphy, I would definitely resign, and they didn't. Mm. I think you could sign. I think you could sign Byron Murphy and still be the worst team in the league quite easily. <laughs> but then when you're good, Byron Murphy's still there. But um, no. So so their key additions are like Clayton Toon, Zach Pascal, Paris Johnson, who I, who I think we both like. Um, BJ Ojolari, good player. Kazia White, I'm not as high on. Uh, Rashad Fenton, disaster for the Chiefs last time he played. Um, 
so yeah, I just think they're a really bad team. I don't really like their head coach hire either. Um, even though I think their GM had a really good draft for the future, I think for this year, they are clearly the least improved team, but that's what they want. <laughs> so for them, it's going to be great. But for this exercise, I just couldn't see a team that I was like, I can't believe how bad this roster is. And they, they've the, my next team also has a pretty bad roster, but this one's definitely worse. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, they are clearly the best, the, sorry, the worst team in the league. Like talent wise, they're just pretty terrible. It's almost going to be one of those questions where if there's a really dominant college football team, it's going to bring up, could this college football team beat the Arizona Cardinals? It's going to be one of those seasons <laughs> where that question crops up, do you know what I mean? Like it came up, yeah. like with that LSU team and like, I don't know, it might have been the Jags at the time, I can't remember. But because they had such a, a draft that I really liked for the future, it kept them off my list. But I can see why you're saying, you know, because this is devoid of talent, isn't it? And they've got Kyler Murray, yeah. who I'm not a huge fan of at quarterback. And like you say, Jonathan Gannon, he wasn't even that well regarded as like the coach nah. in, in Philly, was he? So, eh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. But like I said, I think I like their draft for what they want to do in the future. So maybe, like I say, I'm kind of seeing it through that lens because I remember obviously us talking and me talking at their draft was one of my favourite drafts. So Yeah, it was a good draft. The off-season was awful for them. But the, the owner, they fired their athletic trainer because he allegedly assaulted a woman um then it comes out that it was it the owner because they're both massive fat bold men so they look the same so like <laughs> the whole thing for the team is just a disaster but i this do agree with the you. next ownership change in the league right? yeah it does feel like that but yeah you know, i agree with you the draft was great but uh, it's just so crazy they were i know they lost in the playoffs quite badly but they were a wild card monday night team mm. two seasons ago and now this full rebuild it's it's probably one of the quickest to rebuilds I've seen for not even an old roster. Like Byron Murphy wasn't old. Obviously, I know the, the linebackers haven't worked out. They were young. Kyler Murray's young. I know the pass rushers were were old, but as a t they're not like an aging roster. And then now they're just nothing. So, um, yeah, they were one for me. Um, who's your, your next team? Um, just really quickly, another thing on the Cardinals is they announced this week as well that they're going to just play Isaiah Simmons in, sec in the secondary. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Which is obviously kind of weird. I know they kind of tried the hybrid thing, which everyone kind of wanted to do with him, but I don't know. Like, he's been playing mainly linebacker, so instead of making him a DB again, just keep him at linebacker. So it's kind of confusing in that sense as well. But, yeah, maybe it just adds into it. Maybe you're talking me into it now, actually, about how bad this seems going to be. But I did like the draft, so we'll carry on. <laughs> so um, the next thing that I've got on my list, again, I think was – I had two really obvious ones, the Raiders and this team. And I think this team might actually challenge for what you just said about the quickest kind of like devolution from being a playoff team to nowhere near. And that's the Titans. Yeah. Like they, they made the playoffs four times out of the last five years before last year. And they improved those previous three seasons to a peak of 12 and five where they lost in the divisional round. So and right now they're just going the other way so quickly. You know, last year they were seven and 10 and like that's not in reach at all this this coming season at all you know their some of their position groups are like alarmingly devoid of talent it's like cardinals level you know their receiver room is oh it's bad <laughs> like cardinals level i don't know like let me pull up the cardinals now the cardinals are their receivers yeah it's worse than the cardinals <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean there's like trail and books that's it and he's fine but he's like a big slot guy, and that's it. Um, he needs, an, he needs an inhaler to be able to play a down, though. 
So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, their offensive line is like bad. Like, there's no depth. Like their off-ball linebackers look like a gamble. I know they signed um, the guy from the Niners who's decent, but aside from that, it's like Monty Rice who's like a gamble. He's never played a start. There's there's no depth in this roster, and obviously you add this, then like they've got a first-year GM because John Robinson was just fired, and again, it's just like all these things that are mounting up in the background that's just going to make that that this team's bad. Like they've tried to replace Ryan Tannehill two drafts in a row now, and probably not succeeding either. Like this team is going backwards in a hurry in in a fairly weak division. You know, we talked about like the Vikings earlier. You know, wanting to reload on the fly. Like this is what the Titans should be doing. The Titans could win this division because everyone's bad. Well, not bad. The Jags are quite good now, but. Like they could conceivably still be in the playoffs by kind of reloading on the fly, but they're just kind of doing that almost like a bad job of what Minnesota were doing because they're keeping Derek Henry, they're keeping Jeffrey Simmons when like just trade him, just restart, <laughs> trade Ryan Tannehill, yeah. the Falcons, trade like everyone and just like restart. Cause that's what the Jags did, and the Jags are good now, and that's who you're chasing really in that division. So, yeah, the Titans are my second easy one, I'd say. Yeah, they should have traded Henry, definitely, but it's a weird one for them because I do feel like Mike Vrabel is just going to like. Like coach hard and scream and shout into nine wins. <laughs> it, does, it does feel that he is like the new. I don't want to say he's Belichick. That's a bit blasphemous, but yeah, he's no, the new. Awesome. He's the new like can take a bad roster and just win enough games. But the new Mike Tomlin, maybe is what you're trying to say. Yeah, but so, maybe that's maybe that won't be the case this year. This will be the start of a legendary coach. I'm probably still to get into a head myself there. <laughs> yeah, this will be the litmus test though this year of how bad the the roster is. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a weird off-season as well. Uh, they got rid of all the O-linemen. Two of them I actually thought were, were relatively good. Ben Jones I thought was a good centre. Mm. Um, and it's like, okay, great, cool, we're restarting. Oh no, we'll keep the running back. He's earning loads of money. It's like, yeah, but you just got rid of all the offensive linemen. Like, where's, <laughs> yeah. where's, like, where's the fit there? Like, I just don't quite see the the, the logic. The wide receiver room is obviously bad. If they sign Hopkins, it becomes... I just feel like if they sign Hopkins, they're going to get nine, nine wins. But... Um, yeah, I agree with you that the roster's bad. I think the only thing that kept me out of the bottom three for me was I still think the defense is quite good. Um, but I don't think it's good enough to mean anything long-term. So again, I agree with you that the strategy is not great. But I think there's definitely teams that have gotten worse just because of how good that defense is. Um, but yeah, their offensive line, their weapons, and their running back situation, paying that much, not trading him, the quarterback... Getting Levis, who's like the new Tannehill, <laughs> and Tannehill's um, like very scheme specific, 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 specific. You know, he needs like play action essentially. Yeah, and he was hurt all last year. <laughs> yeah, and like you can't really run that when you can't run the ball because you've got no offensive line, like you say. So, yeah, it's no. not gonna work. No, it's a weird one, and I think that all the teams, one's a lot more of a longer term, but had a, quite a good off season for the future. And they're very much on the decline. So maybe this year they do win eight games and it doesn't look that bad. But in two seasons, when maybe the Colts are now winning eight games, mm. uh, the Texans have won Texans seven games, yeah, 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 the Jags have won 12 and you've won four. It's like, oh, wow, we're now the new Texans. But um, <laughs> yeah, I still believe in Vrabel, I think, enough to try and turn it around. But yeah, this year, they're going to be a disaster on offense for sure. I think you, 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 you I think you hit it right. Like this is the litmus test year, like of whether Mike Vrabel's a good coach or not, or how good of a coach he is. For say, yeah, let's get him in the the middle of the field, stomping on team logos to fire up his <laughs> awful receivers. That's what that's what we need. Um, my last team then is uh, I've gone with the Los Angeles Rams. 
Um, yeah, obviously yeah. had to cut a lot of players, to cut Brockers, um, cut Leonard Floyd. Obviously traded Jalen Ramsey, didn't get a lot. Uh, cut Alan Robinson to save Cap. I know he didn't play well, but I oh, so it was a trade. But I think it might have been like a late pick swap. Um, lost. I think did they lose their DC? I oh, know Raheem Morris stayed. That was the year before. But um, oh, sorry, yeah, lost their OC. Obviously got Mike Lafleur now in, who was was at the Jets before. Um, and overall, I just think the roster is quite depleted. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Stafford. Um, the only reason they weren't as low as some of the other teams is obviously if Cooper Cup comes back at 80% Cooper Cup, at least still a very good player. Van Jefferson's fine. And Donald's the second best defensive tackle. <laughs> I would actually yeah. agree with that nowadays, to be fair. I think that's actually <laughs> been that uh, torch passing moment as possible. In the NFL. Um, if you This is their defense, starters. Marquise Copeland, Bobby Brown, Aaron Donald, Byron Young, Ernest Jones, who I like, Christian Roseboom, Michael Hjort, who I don't know who that is, Darian Kendrick, Jordan Fuller, <laughs> Russ, this is a fake name, surely, Russ Yeast, like the bread, uh, Robert Rochelle, <laughs> and Kobe Durant, which feels like mum and dad was NBA fans. So, yeah, that's a bad team, basically. <laughs> I am surprised McVeigh's there. He's now going to be a dad. He got his, his wife's pregnant. I don't know how long for the job he is, but apparently he's staying. Mm, but yeah, the, the team's a disaster. It would not surprise me if Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald was traded on the trade deadline. And that could be the spicy uh, spicy name this this season, maybe. But yeah, the team's just bad. And it's definitely the quickest from Super Bowl fall-off roster that I've, I've probably ever seen, I think. Yeah, that is true. I also have the Rams as my third one. So uh, no, yeah, we're them. on the same hymn sheet. Here. Like the, I've got I've got an honorable mention I can bump up because they're basically in the same same bucket. I was <laughs> two and throwing, but um, yeah, like you'd say, the offense is basically Cooper Court, Matt Stafford, and Sean McVay, pretty much. And you know, you've got the defenses, like you say, Aaron Donald and a couple of made up people, and then some players who've been fine. Like, it was actually quite funny because I've also got Allards open when you were reading down it, and I was like. That's name ahead of you, and I just thought I've never heard of Michael Hecht or whatever they were. I need to Google him. I don't know who that is. Either, and obviously we're people with people with these players. But yeah, like I say, it it is um, just a lot. I mean, how little talent there is on this team from winning the Super Bowl. What's it two years ago? So the other thing is that I was going to mention alongside your shout of Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald being traded is what about Matt Stafford? Because they are talking up Stetson Bennett at every opportunity they get um, as how great he's been in camp and things like that. You they know, paid Matt Stafford old... like 50... Yeah, they so paid him that 50 million bonus though. Okay, so that like prohibit like a trade, I guess. Okay. But he's obviously yeah, not long basically... for the role because they are talking Stetson Bennett up a lot and... They don't have anyone else behind him either. Their other quarterbacks are Brett Rippon and Dresser Wynn, who again I've never heard of. So yeah, they, they, you know they just don't have a lot after you know. Surely this is going to become a full full rebuild because Donald, what if we're going to walk out the door with McVeigh? Surely, probably. Matt Stafford's what yeah. 38, 39? Yeah, and you've just got Cooper chronic, left, basically. Yeah, and Stafford's got chronic neck issues, from what you hear. So, yeah, not not yeah. not the most ideal injury type. To He's going to have chronic back issues carrying this team as well. So, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, the Stetson Bennett thing's weird because the GM keeps banging on about like 
first round grade. I think I remember it said first round grade on him or something like that. But ah. they definitely mentioned like one of the highest character guys ever. And I was just laughing because I was like, he's no everything been, like, about Stetson. <laughs> yeah, everything about him pre-draft was like this guy's a knob and like <laughs> yeah. had like the cool, had the coolest college career ever for his talent level, which is true. And yeah. became like this party animal, arrogant, never showed up to class, didn't graduate, got arrested. And it's like, yeah, great. Stetson Bennett, great guy, great in the locker room, great teammate, great character. I'm like, the Rams, I just don't know what you see in this. But, He's um, basically like Baker Mayfield about the publicity, but also a couple of rings. Yeah, and also worse arm as well. Yeah, well, yeah, as, as a character I was talking about, but yeah. Yeah, he is a little bit like Baker Mayfield. We're going to see some Stetson Bennett-related um, commercials coming soon, but we'll see. <laughs> um, cool. When you uh, sign us off, who's your uh, your last team? Okay, so my, my other one that I'll just kind of upgrade for my um, honourable mentions is the Bucks for pretty much the same reasons as, as what you've been been talking through with the Rams. Like going through, I guess like, you know, the bill for Tom Brady and like the all-in nature of what they did was always going to, come due and, and that's kind of now isn't it really you know you can club back say the Rams in with the same reasons Baker Mayfield ironically is the quarterback as we've just been talking about and <laughs> he's well and truly drinking in the last chance saloon isn't he you know because he's literally just clinging on to his NFL career and will probably just do adverts after that probably you know and that that's not a good situation to be in um, unless you are sort of taking a year out having Baker Mayfield take all the hits and Caleb Williams can then come in or Drake May can come in um, next year, and if that's what it gets you, then fair enough. But it's not going to be good viewing because you know, I think the negatives that I was thinking about were like they've lost Donovan Smith, they've signed Matt Filer. Donovan Smith not good, and like that's I'm seeing that as a downgrade, you know, for one of their tackle positions. Matt Filer was awful last year for the Chargers, and even like you're moving Tristan Wirth, who's like literally the best right tackle in the league, if not like one of the top two, and you're making him play left tackle. Like, uh, is that sensible? Like, I know it That's could be good. It could be really, really good. And he could play really, yeah. really well, but it also might go really badly as well. And then you yeah, just that, the offensive lineman. That was the exact position I was thinking of. Like when I was thinking, like, okay, Bucks, where are they on the list? And it was that whole that right tackle to left tackle move when the team sucks. It's not like yeah. oh we've now got a new QB. We need to give him an elite left tackle. Maybe I know that's a bit of an old guy thinking, but at least I'd be yeah. like. Okay, I see the vision. I don't quite agree, but now it's like, nah, let's get an awful backup in. <laughs> but we're now going to make this position change as well, and it's just like, mm, yeah, doesn't quite doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, is this the most like Spider Man meme QB room ever in terms of Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield, and the one and only John Wolford as well? Yeah, um, that is a funny that is a funny group. Their running back room is weird as well. Chase Edmonds, but. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. They're a strange team. The strangest thing I've heard all offseason for them, which is probably could just be me, but is the talk yesterday that came out. They're talking to Mike Evans about four year extension. And like Spot uh, Track, <laughs> yeah, Spot Track put the numbers as like obviously they estimate it not for the Bucks, they just estimate four year deal for him in general. But four year deal was something like four years, 92 million, 54 guaranteed or something. And I was just thinking, like, I would be thinking of trading Mike Evans, not yeah, extending. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it, maybe this is a one-year thing and they're just like, next year they're back all in. But, yeah, um, I agree with you. But, yeah, weird team. Uh, they should have probably traded more people than they have. They've actually got a stronger roster, but I think there's going to be a couple of positions like offensive They're line not going to keep hold of them, right? Because, like, they've still got Devin White and they're not going to have Devin White for very long, surely, because he's no. bad. And well, they spend a lot of money on corners as well. 
Yeah, they lost Sean Murphy Bunting as well, who went, I can't remember where he went, but like he was good for them. And I don't yeah. know, they just seem to be in this like weird higgledy piggledy thing where they're, they're also losing players, but not losing everyone. And they probably do need to lose everyone to really just reset, but they're not there. So Todd Bowles is gone after this year because they're going to be really bad. Definitely. Definitely. Their offensive line is going to be fun. I don't know the full. Oh, they signed Jensen as well, didn't they? They kept Ryan Jensen, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, he's got their offensive line yeah. is going to be. It's going to be Matt Filer right tackle probably. It's going to be Cody Mack right guard, which I love. Hilarious, perfect looking player. Next to Jensen. <laughs> yeah, to go next to Jensen, perfect. Then they're going to have Gedeke a left guard, and then obviously left tackle will be um, Tristan Wirfs. But Wirfs, yeah. that's such a weird group. But yeah. I agree with you. Is losing from Brady to Mayfield is enough of a downgrade to hit the list. I just don't know. I just don't know who's that division is just a bit of a disaster, isn't it? To be honest, as a whole. Yes, yes, it is. You know, like I say, I mean, I know I've got the Falcons in there as like one of my favorite off seasons, but or a good off season at least. But yeah, like the the Saints haven't been great. They have got Derek Carr, who's who's fine, but nothing more than that. And yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a nothing in division, isn't it? Really? Yeah, because even the teams that are improving, like the Falcons and Carolina. Panthers, Panthers maybe it's still a little bit like race. okay, yeah. Panthers have been trying to get a QB for like four seasons, and then you've got. I know you like the Falcons, but they just drafted a running back seven when they don't have a QB. So <laughs> it's still like a strange division, but yeah, that I agree. That's some uh, some 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 worse teams. Um, other mentions could have been the Commanders. Kind of mm. didn't want to mention them because of the owner. I think that's enough to keep them off the list, but. Definitely, definitely one. Um, your charges, people say. I didn't have them on my list, but that'll be one that I think people say. Um, and then Jacksonville Jaguars because they just didn't spend any money at all. Yeah, uh, their team's not the, bad, but it's the same. <laughs> the Chargers, yeah, the Chargers one. It's it, it was kind of hovering. I was kind of looking for teams to um, keep them off the the, the list. I, I don't think the bottom three. Like I said, I thought the first two that I named were quite easy ones. The books yeah. the Rams were definitely there, and the Chargers were kind of like hovering. I was like, uh, should I mention it? I'll just seem like super homerish or not, maybe to some people. But <laughs> I feel like the lack of free agency moves is sort of it was a given because we don't have any cap space. We went all <laughs> in the previous year, so it's like, well, what do you expect us to do? We can't can't just magic cap space out there. And like resisting trading Keenan Allen, I think was a good thing. So like inactivity sometimes is good. And also, there's a huge positive of not having Joe Lombardi as a quarterback. Uh, sorry, the offensive <laughs> coordinator anymore. And you know, getting Kellen Moore as well, who's good. He's a good, good offensive coordinator. So that should be yeah. good with Justin Herbert, who you know, surely at some point in the next few weeks will sign a massive extension, which again will bump up the feel-good factor of the offseason as well, which kind of again just plays into it. But I can see why people would, because like you've done nothing and you like, <laughs> lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Jags, so. Do something. Hey, it's like that. It's that meme of like the stick pointing. You know, do something, isn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been difficult because obviously you've got no cap space and uh, we don't trade for anyone, so it's hard. But like, it'll be better in the next few weeks. Yeah, Kendricks is a weird one as well because he can't run, but he's yeah. But he's, linebackers don't matter in Staley's scheme. So. He's good at stopping the run though, at least. But um yeah, I, I thought the OC move was enough to not keep them on the have them on the list, and they basically spent all their cap space on just keeping their guys right because. Mm. They had loads of. They could have cut loads of players and made loads, loads of money with the way they structured the deals, but they've kind of just re-upped them and committed to another probably two seasons for some of them, one season for a couple of them. Yeah, um, we're, we're quite but, over the cap for next year, so I think it's like yeah, you are. I haven't, I haven't looked into like the moves that we could make and the restructuring and stuff like that because I think I'd be scared. But 
and yeah, there's going to be a change in the uh, the way that we do things. I'll say in the next couple of seasons. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of like keeping your chips in the table, you know. Khalil Mack will be a free agent. That's all I'll say. When you when you look over the cap and see the numbers, that's one that's uh, yeah. That's one saving, definitely. I don't but, think Mike um, Williams will be on the team next year either, for one way or the other. But yeah, we'll see. No, prob- probably not with uh, Quinton as well. Johnson being mm. drafted. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, we could see a nice another twenty-seven point uh, playoff <laughs> lead turn around to someone that'd be quite fun for me. Uh, although I do like Justin Herbert, he, he, he is. I think he, I'm too high on him for a Chiefs fan. I want to, all the people in my Chiefs group chat slate me for how high I am on him. <laughs> although I do have to, maybe I'm gonna have to maybe finally move him to number three because that is a hell of a playoff deficit to to give up. I know it's not all. Don't give up leads. Yeah, but they, they gain good. they gain more leads though. <laughs> yeah, if you can run the ball, they do. But yeah, we don't talk about. We're moving on to next season now. True, 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 true. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited already for AFC West preview in a couple of weeks. But um, cool, that's our most and least improved teams. Uh, like I said, me and Patrick are going to start division previews. Um, also, wanted to say about the full ten yards NFL group are doing a week one opening party as well, so you can go down to to Birmingham and uh, watch the games there. Uh, I think they're going to have loads of games on the screen as well, so it won't just be the Sky games. I think it'll be multiple mm. games. So anyone listens to that obviously knows we're part of the network. So um, yeah, I think there's a sign-up sheet or something. You can buy tokens as well. So go over to Full Ten, full ten Yards, NFL Ten Yards to, to, to check that out. Um, Josh has put a lot of work in setting that up, so should be good. Um, go follow Lee as well at Wakefield90 to get his uh, charger takes when Justin Herbert signs a $55 million deal per year in the next month or so. Um, Lee, have you got any idea where you're going to be next year for coverage or not sure what you're going to do yet? Still, still floating around, so any, you know, like I say, come and pick me up. Um, doing a little bit of writing for the Jet Sweep at the minute. I'm going to be doing their draft guide, so kind of like, uh, like I say, doing a few group articles with uh, with the guys over there, but cool. no permanent home as of yet. So, uh, yeah, like I say, hit me up if you need me. I'm definitely going to uh, annoy Lee multiple times throughout the season to come on the pod, so Happy um, to. should be good to get a transfer request in to your missus. <laughs> I'll have to transfer fee for these late-night recordings, but um, well, you can go for us as well uh, at go for 2 pod 2 be the number two. Me and Patrick should be back next week. That'll be uh, probably the NFC East uh, first. Going to make Patrick, as the Super Bowl loser, going to make his division go first. So, yeah, should be fun. But, yeah, thanks again, Leaf, joining us. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And we will speak to you soon.